1 Kings chapter 3. We're going to read 12 verses of scripture. Is that okay? Can we read the Bible in church? Perfect. Okay. For the rest of you, you're just going to have to deal with it. Here we go. 1 Kings chapter 3. The king, this is Solomon, went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices. For that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. And at Gibeon, so notice this, that where he, where he worshiped, God spoke to him. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. Have, have any of you ever heard of this Bible story where Solomon asked for wisdom? Have you ever heard of that phrase before? Okay, well, it happened in a dream. When Solomon asked for wisdom, he wasn't awake. He was in a dream. God, God spoke to him and Solomon spoke to God and Solomon's destiny happened in a dream moment. Watch this. Ask whatever you want. Ask whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I'm only a child do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Notice that Solomon doesn't call him his. It says, God, these are your people. Now, Now notice this. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. I love that. Because there are prayers that we can pray that God likes. Amen. And there are prayers that we can pray that God doesn't like. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not long life, not wealth, not the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administrating justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, oh, I love this. God is a moreover God. Amen. God's an extra God. Yes. God's a more than enough God. Yes. God's a, I can take care of your needs and more. Yes. This is the God that we serve, okay? This, this is who we serve. This is who we serve. He's not Jehovah Cheapo, okay? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's a good provider. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for. Woo! Come on, God, talk to us today. I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. You didn't ask for wealth, I'm going to give you wealth. You didn't ask for honor, I'm going to give you honor. So that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. If you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. I want to talk about how to dream with God. How to dream with God. How to dream with God. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these moments we share. I thank you that you're going to speak to our hearts right now in a profound and supernatural way. Speak, Lord. We are listening. In Jesus' name, 
Can I get a loud amen in the house? Amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. If you've ever thought about this, maybe you haven't, um, but you should think about what, what makes this different than all creation. What makes you different than the animal kingdom? What makes humans different than everything that lives? How are we different than everything else that God created? You, you ought to think about this because, um, yes, we're living, but no, we're not like animals. There's something very different about us, and here's what's different about us. As image bearers of God, we can take something from the invisible and make it visible. As image bearers of God, we can take something from the invisible and make it visible. I am not talking about manifesting, but I am talking about imagination. I'm not saying that we can just talk things into existence, but I am saying that we can dream and imagine with God and we can create with God. Acts chapter two, verse 17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That a part of the spirit-filled life is that we are able to have visions and we are able to have dreams. This means that I'm not bound by the natural alone. I'm not bound by my limitations alone. I'm not bound by what my body can produce alone, but I can get a vision from God and a dream from God. I can get God's will in the spiritual realm and bring it into the natural realm. And so can you. During the grand opening of Disney World in Orlando, Florida, a friend of Lillian Disney, Walt Disney's widow, she leaned over and whispered, it's such a shame Walt never saw this. To which Lillian responded, Walt did see it. <laughs> That's why it's here. <laughs> Walt did see it. Walt saw it before anybody else saw it. Well, Walt saw it here. He never got to see it here, but he got to see it here. Can, can I tell you that God can give you something that is greater than what these eyes can see? God can give you a God picture, a God vision. I'm talking about dreams. How do I, how do I dream with God? See, animals have instincts, but humans made in the image of God have vision. Now, you do have instincts, but you have more than instincts. An animal only has instinct. You have something more than instinct. You have vision. You, you can dream. You can get a God picture. Where there is no vision, Proverbs 29, 18, the people perish. If you're just in instinct mode, you won't go anywhere in life. If you're just in survival mode, you won't go anywhere in life. There's nothing wrong with instinct. You have instincts. But if, if man lives by instinct alone, you're not going to make it very far. You're going to end up looking like and acting like the animal kingdom, which is a lot of our culture, by the way. <laughs> and what our nation needs and what our city needs and what your family needs and what you need is not simply instinct, 
Because all that's going to do is feed your belly. What you need is a vision for your future. What our nation needs are people of vision. What our city needs are Christians of vision. What your family needs is a parent of vision. Because if it's instinct, then it's just eat and wake up and drink and go to sleep and have sex and eat. And all it is is a cycle of destruction. But if you could ever get a vision for your life, Instincts help you survive, but a vision will let you thrive. A, a vision is that moreover life. It's that, it's that God factor in your life. Jamie, why are you talking about vision in November? You should talk about that in January. Now I want to talk about it right now because I want you to get a picture right now of what God could do in your life, a dream of what God could do. Can you dream with God again? Can you, can you pray crazy prayers with God again? Can you believe for a better future with God again? Because this world is not helping you dream. This world is feeding your appetite right here and right now and live for this and this alone, but the dream gives you a picture of your future that is greater than the natural, so you don't quit and give up and just give in to your appetite, but you live from the dream, you live from the vision, you live from your future, you live from the God picture of your life. Dr. David Young Cho said that the language of the Holy Spirit is dreams and visions. That when the Holy Spirit talks to you, he talks to you about your future. Yeah. Had a dream with God. Solomon got a dream. If you're going to get a dream from God, if you're going to dream with God, number one, you have to give your worship. Only worshipers can dream. <laughs> Only worshipers can dream. The scripture said that he worshiped at Gibeon. And then he received his dream at Gibeon. To worship is to place whatever you worship at the center of your life. Worship is priority more than melody. Good morning. Worship is priority more than melody. Now, I think we should sing and clap and shout. We should come to church, be on time, and lift up the name of Jesus. But worship is more priority than melody. Worship that has noise but does not have priority is not really worship. It's Christian music. <laughs> this is why, by the way, that your worship of God is so important. Because your worship of God is going to center God at the center of your life. And whatever you worship will take up central space. When I say center, I mean foundation. When I say center, I mean this is, this is everything. And let me go a little bit further. You can only receive from the place of your devotion. Who said that? Who said the woo? Because I'm going to preach to you for a little while. Everyone else has tryptophan. Okay. Y'all been eating too much turkey. I'm going to preach right to you, sister. You, you can only receive from your place of devotion, uh, which means that if you don't like what you're receiving right now, you probably have a worship problem. <laughs> the scripture said you are holy and you inhabit the praises, the worship 
the center space of your people, Israel, Psalm 22, 3. You, you are holy, that's worship, and you inhabit the praises, that's gratitude of your people. So God only inhabits one space. God is everywhere. God is everywhere, but God only manifests in the place that recognizes him. And you will only get from your devotion. See, this is why when, when Jesus teaches us to pray in Matthew 6, he starts with worship. Matthew 6, verse 9, our Father in heaven, we, we honor your holy name. That's what that means. We honor your holy name. Hallowed be thy name. We honor your name. Before I ask you for anything, hello, I first worship. Before I make my demands, I give you my worship. Before I ask for all the different things that I need, and the list is long, before I do any of that, I prioritize you. Because if I don't prioritize you, I'm going to pray in vain. So, so we, what we end up doing is we end up praying prayers outside of the presence of God. I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. Yep. They probably are. <laughs> because there is a priority and a way that I come to God's presence. See, worship invites the resource of the one you worship. I did not mean to come out with this heavy word on Thanksgiving weekend. I should have talked about gratitude or something, but here we are. See, for many of you, your life is empty and meaningless, and you're going, I don't know why my life feels empty. I mean, my advice would be, first, correct your worship, because you're going to draw on whatever you worship. Now, David backs me up in Psalm 115 when he says, those who worship dead idols will be like their dead idols, which means I become like whatever I worship. Whatever has center place in my life is the image that I'm going to become. Why am I dead inside? Probably because of what I'm worshiping. Because whatever I worship is going to give back to me. So if I worship dead things, I'm going to get dead things back. But if I'd ever worship living God, the living Savior, the living one, now I can get life back. He, he worships at Gibeon and he receives at Gibeon and wherever you worship is where you're going to receive because you're only going to draw from your devotion. And if you're devoted to something dead, you will have no strength. It, it, it happens in a lot of areas, not, not just in our worship. It happens in your marriage. If you're more devoted to your job, sir, than your wife, then you're only going to be able to draw from your job. Yeah. If, if, if your family is not centered, don't ever expect to receive from your family. You'll hate your family. You'll want to leave your family. Because your priorities are messed up. But whatever your... Whatever your prioritizing is what you're going to receive from addiction sex hate whatever becomes center becomes 
devotion or whatever becomes devotion becomes my source. So if I don't like the supply in my life, I have to check my devotion. <sighs> they, they tell us now they, with brain studies that your brain cannot, cannot, everybody say cannot, cannot, cannot be grateful and anxious at the same time. Anxiety and gratitude cannot live together because it's the same part of your brain that produces it, which means that if you're producing praise, your brain cannot, your, that, that blob in your skull in there, I'm talking about your brain. It's in spiritual. This isn't in the Bible. This is your brain. Your brain cannot produce anxiety at the same time. So if you're not praising God, if you're not grateful, if you're, if you're not centering around the goodness of God, and you're wondering, why am I so anxious? Why am I constantly anxious? Why do I constantly have a pit in my stomach? Why? Be because it's, it's a matter of worship. Wow, wow, wow. Amen. So, so I've got to give God my, if I'm ever going to dream with God, I've got to give God my worship. This is where it starts. Frankly, it's kind of like where it ends too. Because if you can get that part down, well, Jesus said it like this, seek first the kingdom. All these other things will be added. Here's what I've learned about the things. When God gives me the things that I wanted, it's cool. And when he doesn't give me the things that I wanted, it's also okay. Maybe not cool, but it's okay. Because... My heart got purified in the pursuit. So when God says no, there's grace. When God says wait, there's grace. When God says yes, there's grace. But only because I'm in the right order. So I've got to give my worship. Number, number two, you have to connect your dream. Jabin, how do I dream with God? You've got to connect it. Connect it to what? Connect it to kingdom purpose. Now that Solomon has worshipped, God gives him a dream. The dream for your life. Listen to me. I don't, I don't care if you're 80 years old. I don't care if you're 90 years old. I don't care if you're 14 years old. God will give you a dream. Yes. God will give you a picture for your season. So good. <laughs> it's the God picture for your future. It's the God opportunity for your life. God says, let's dream together, Solomon. I, I have your surrender. Now let's dream. See, you know you're dreaming with God when what you want for your future and what God wants for your future align. I love that. I love that. I, I love living in my God dream. Where there is a where there is a connection between what I want and what God wants, and together we are doing this together. Yes. See now, usually in the immature moments of your dream, your dream is all about you, right? When you first get, it's all about you. It's all about the car you want and the house you want. You know, your vision board is just all stuff you want, right? <laughs> right? People go get inspired by Tony Robbins or something. They write a vision board. And it's a big house, and it's a fast car, and it's a vacation, and it, it's all about me. 
But as you mature in your dream, your, your dream is all about you. God's dream is beyond you. Your dream only blesses you. God's dream blesses many. Doesn't mean it doesn't bless you. It just means it goes way beyond you. And, and the joy is actually not in your dream. The joy is in God's dream. So anytime your dream doesn't align with God's dream, you're willing to surrender it because you've, you've figured out that the greatest joy is not in your dream. See, when I, when I was 15, I received like my first real clear prophetic word from the Lord, someone uh, laid hands on me and they said, you're gonna minister to thousands and thousands of people. And I lived in a town of, uh, at that time, 1,200 people. So when they say thousands, there, there isn't even a, a concept of that. Yeah. Thousands and thousands, you're gonna minister to thousands and thousands of people. And when they prophesied, I got caught into like what felt like an open vision and I could just see masses of people. And can I tell you, it excited me, but it excited me for me. Can I just be honest with you? Is that okay? I was like, man, I'm going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never think about it that way anymore. Now it's all about people. Now it's all about how can I help the most people? <laughs> Last week we had our miracle offering and, you know, some blessed person wrote on, I don't know if it was Yelp or Google or whatever. You got, you got to be pretty bored to go on, write a Google review on a church. But anyway, <laughs> and they said, I saw that pastor drive off in a G-Wagon. I went, I wish. <laughs> I'll take one of those. That's like how they sound when the door shuts. Have y'all ever heard of G-Wagon? <gasps> So, oh man, that gave me the chills. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? I, I she didn't, but anyway, I left. I left church last week. I went directly to a hospital to visit a friend. We hung for about an hour and a half, fighting cancer, talking about life, praying together. I prayed for them. They prayed for me. We watched a little bit of news, talked some politics, talked the Bible. Talked family. And you know what? I, I left that going, that's my dream. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a car on my dream board. I don't have a house on my dream board. I'd like a bigger house. We have a 2,000 square foot house. I'd like a little bit of a bigger house. Amen. So that, you know, we just have some privacy. You know, we have no, I have a seven year old. There is no privacy. You lock, the, you lock the doors. She figures out how to unlock. It's like, just give me a second. <laughs> I'd like a bigger house. But you know, that's not on my dream board. My dream's all about people now. I'm grateful for my house. I, 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 just, I just want you to, I want you to see that, that the dream is beyond you. God's dream for you is Ephesians 3.20. Now glory to God who by his mighty power at work within us, is able to do far more than we could ever dare to ask or even dream of. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Because most of our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, and hopes are all about us. But the God dream takes us beyond that. The dream involves you but is beyond you. 
And that's where the joy is. The joy is when you feel like your life is actually making an impact. Remember Joseph? When Joseph got his dream in the book of Genesis, it was all about him. You all remember the story? He pulls his brothers in. Hey, guys, I got great news. I, I had a dream last night. God gave me a dream last night. You guys were bowing down and worshiping me. <laughs> a couple of days later, he has another dream of his parents bowing down and worshiping him. But by the end of his life, here's his dream. But as for you, you meant it for evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order, watch, watch, watch. This is the good. In order to bring it about, as it is to this day, to save many people. The dream wasn't about people bowing down to him. He, he thought it was, but once, he, once God did the work in his life, the dream became about helping others. When you align your life with God's will and God's dream, God gets involved. <laughs> when you start dreaming with God, you get Revelation 3.8, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. God will personally open every door he wants open when he can trust you with a dream that is bigger than yourself. In Daniel chapter two, verse six, the scripture says that there was a king who was having dreams and he didn't know what they mean. So he goes to Daniel and he says, tell me, what does it mean? I'm, I'm having pictures. I'm having desires. I, I have a gift, but I don't know what it means. Let me tell you what is so awesome about the kingdom of God and what I want to do more and more, even as a church and even more and more for you, is I want to try to help you figure out what it means. I've got this, I've got this thing in me. What does it mean? I've got this gift on me. What does it mean? I'm, I'm making all of this money. What does it mean? I, I really want to stay home with the kids. I don't really want to work. I want to be a stay at home mom. What does it mean? I, I really have this vision to start this thing. What does it mean? I, I, my, my heart is burning for that. What does it mean? And what the Holy Spirit will do is he will not only give you a gift, but he will give you a plan. He will not only give you a desire, he will Will give you a vision. He will not only put something on your life that you kind of, listen, without the Holy Spirit, you'll never know what it means. Without the Holy Spirit, you will have giftings and you will have desires and you will have visions and you will have pictures, but it will be all about you. But when you connect to God, you know how to connect your gifting to God, your money to God, your life to God, your future to God, your family to God. And now there's actually purpose in it. It's more than stuff. It's more than all about me. What does it mean? Connect your dream to God's people and to those who do not know Jesus yet. And it's a God dream. See, your gift, your dream must function in both the church and the world. Helping connect people to the kingdom, in the kingdom and helping people connect to the kingdom. This is why I, I never try to put people in ministry and they have a gift. You should be in ministry. You should work at the church. Maybe not. 
Just, just because you have a gift doesn't mean you should be working in the church. Maybe you can do more good outside of the church. Bringing people into the church. Doing more for the kingdom of God. If you have a gift to make money, you definitely shouldn't work for the church. Come on, somebody. I can't pay you. <laughs> what's, what's my point? My point is that the gift and the dream and the call is not simply to work at a church full time. It's to connect to both kingdom purpose and to connect to the harvest. And when both of those things are in alignment, now you can do the most for God. What is the dream? I've got this gift. What do I do with it, preacher? I got this desire. What do I do with it, preacher? I've got this call. What do I do? With it? Tell me what it means. And I believe the Holy Spirit will tell you what it means. How to dream with God. Lastly, man, the keys come surrender in prayer. Surrender in prayer. But I'm only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. I love that prayer. I love that. I love hearing from a king that in the secret place with Almighty God, he can go, I don't know what to do. Oh, prayer is so awesome. Because in prayer, I can stand before God and I don't have to be a pastor and I don't have to be a dad and I don't have to be a husband and I don't have to be a mighty man of God. Hallelujah, glory to God, praise the Lord. I can just go to God and go, I don't know what to do. Very good. I feel like a kid. And there is a surrender in that that is so therapeutic and so healing. I don't have a prayer list. Does that offend you? I hope not. You're on it. I just don't have one. Like, I don't have a formal prayer list. Because a lot of my prayer is that. A lot of my prayer is worship followed by a God picture followed by, I think you chose the wrong one. <laughs> is that okay to say? Like, because all this you put on me, I, I feel like a child. And God goes, ooh, I can use that. Because God doesn't need ability. He needs availability. God doesn't need strength. He needs weakness. I'm only a child. This is too big for me. I, I don't know how. So in verse 9, he says, so give your servant a discerning heart. That word discerning is awesome. It means a hearing heart. I love this. I love, please hear me when I say this. Solomon literally says, God, put ears on my heart. Because <laughs> I know if I can hear you, nothing will be impossible. Can I tell you what you need, what you really need, what you really need is you need a word from God. Pastor, pray for me. I will, but you need a word from God. I need a miracle. Let's believe together, but you need a word from God. God, give me a hearing heart. Five different times in scripture, Jesus said what I'm about to read to you, Revelation 2, 7, but he said it five different places. Whoever has ears, let him hear. He's not talking about these. 
He said, you, you've got to listen because it is not a matter. It is not a question of, is God speaking? That is not the question. The question is, am I listening? Jamin, how do I dream with God? You pray, God, give my heart ears. Oh, I hope you're not missing it. I'm not talking about this ticker and I'm not talking about these. I'm talking about in your spirit. God, give me the ability to hear what you're saying because I know that if I can get a word from heaven, no matter what comes at me, no matter what's happening around me, no matter what I'm facing, no matter the mountain that is before me, I know that I will not only survive but thrive because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Give me the whole band. I want to worship. Give me the whole band. Tell them to put their cigarettes out and get up here. I'm just kidding. They don't do that. I'm kidding. These are all Christians. Amen. I mean, not, okay, not, you can smoke, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, don't, okay, whatever. These are all... All right. I've been dealing with some anxiety the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, last couple of months. <laughs> this year. <laughs> ah, here we go. I feel the anointing, finally. Listen, 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 listen. I've been, I've been dealing with this. And the Lord talked to me yesterday about it, finally. Now, let me tell you what I've been doing. I've been rebuking it. I've been casting out the devil. I've been speaking the word of God. I've been uh, cold plunging. Come on, somebody. I've been getting, come on, somebody. I've been trying everything. I've been exercising. No, I'm serious. I've been doing everything. And the Lord said, your anxiety now, this is for me. It might be for you, but it's for me. Your anxiety was born in your dishonor of my word. That's what God told me yesterday. The preacher. He said, because I have put promises on you, on your family, and on your church. And your anxiety is born in the fact that you are dishonoring those. So I went, God, give me a hearing heart. Because I'm trying to do this without you on some weird level that I didn't even know I was. I felt a peace come on me yesterday that I haven't felt in a long time. And I went back to God's word and I said, I believe everything you told me. get a word from God. Well, here's how it starts. I always pray with an open Bible. And 
always read the Bible with a prayerful heart. I never pray without the word. I, let, I just keep it around in case he wants to talk. And God loved his prayer. God loved it. God loved Solomon's prayer so much that he didn't just give him what he asked for. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what you asked for, but I'm also going to give you what you did not ask for. Because I know that's in your heart too. You know God knows what you want. And God's not anti what you want. God's not against what you want. He just loved the priority of Solomon. The priority of Solomon was there's a lot of people out there and I, I guess, God, you want to use me to be a blessing to them. So give me a hearing heart to be a blessing to my world. And then God goes, okay, now that you want to be a blessing to them, I will be a blessing to you. You're going to be good to them, I'll be good to you. You be kind to them, I'll be kind to you. You bless others, I will bless you. You make somebody else's day brighter, I'll make your day brighter. You fight for somebody else, I'll fight for you. You defend somebody else, I'll defend you. You give to somebody else, I'll give to you. You go visit somebody else, I'll visit you. You honor another, I'll honor you. You help. Solomon, I love your prayer. Can I just tell you something, City Life? I believe we can pray some prayers that God loves. Can you stand on your feet? I want to. What key are we in? B. Okay. I don't want to sing that song. So I just need to know what key I'm in so I know what to sing. God goes, I love that prayer. Oh, I'd love to answer that. I'd love to answer that. And since he didn't ask for that, I'm going to do that too. For many of you, God's going to give you, even right now, A, what does it mean? I have a dream, but what does it mean? I believe for others of you, God's going to restore a dream back in your heart. He's going to. You, you've been in it, but you haven't been dreaming. That's a little bit where I feel. Like I'm, I'm in it and I love it, but, I'm, but I've been grinding. The dream puts air in your cells. I want to dream again. I want to I dream with God. Do you lift your hands all over this room? I believe the Holy Spirit's going to visit you right now. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to visit you right now. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, come Holy Spirit. Breathe on me again. 
give me a hearing heart. Ooh. All right, here he comes. He's ministering to you right now. I feel his presence. strength coming on you right now. New strength. A second wind. A, a fresh touch from heaven coming on you right now in Jesus' name. 